Welcome to episode 90 of the Luke Winstall Show. Today's guest is former University of Georgia and current Chicago Bears wide receiver, Reggie Davis. During his college days at UGA, Reggie did not put up a big stat line, but did have blazing speed that wowed NFL scouts and eventually helped him earn a spot in the league as an undrafted free agent. Now after playing four years in the NFL, Reggie has recently re-signed with the Chicago Bears. Reggie, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well. When you got to high school, you played at Lincoln High School. Was there ever a moment for you when you knew that you had the potential to be an elite or high-level type of athlete in football? Um, It was more towards when I was going into high school. I kind of felt like, you know, keep working with it. I could definitely make something happen with it. Well, after your time playing in high school, you signed with the University of Georgia. What was your recruiting process like, and how did you end up at UGA? To be honest, I I had a real close relationship with the receiver coach there, Tony Ball. So all through high school, I talked to him a lot, and that's what made me commit there. And I had offers from all over, but I didn't want to go too far from home. And uh, I didn't really have a plan on when I was going to commit. I just got tired of doing, like, interviews and them asking the same question, like, you know, do you have a top five yet and all this. So I just was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and commit somewhere and just go from there. Nice. Well, at UGA, you played with tons of talent. Do you have a favorite memory playing for the Dogs? Favorite memory? I would say my freshman year when we played LSU. Like, that was like, when you think of college atmospheres, like, that that was a college atmosphere game right there. Like, loud, fans into it, the players into it, the game could go either way. Like, that was the game right there. And was that 2013? Yeah, that's when they had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. Um, I, I forgot the quarterback, Hattenberger, I think it was. Okay, yeah, uh, Mettenberger, right? Yeah, Mettenberger, yeah, I saw him get his name messed up. But yeah, they had him, like, that game was, we had Todd Gurley, Aaron Murray. So that game was, that, that was a game to remember. Well, I know as an athlete, you have elite speed. So how did you train and develop that speed to get to where you're running a 4-3-1-40 at your pro day and setting yourself up to get interest from NFL teams? Well, <clears throat> my parents ran track. So my, my, dad was a, my dad was a professional hurdler in the 400 hurdles. My mom ran track. She ran everything from the 1 to the 800. And... Just always growing up, always wanting to run track and be like my dad and be fast. And I always knew I was fast, but I never knew why till I got older. And once they explained that they ran track and everything, and it was basically my DNA, I always just ran track after football and just kept sticking with it because I knew I was never going to be as big as the ideal receiver. So speed is what separated me. Yeah, and I've seen highlights and plays of you in NFL training camps really creating a lot of separation. I know you do that well. What do you think is next for you in terms of developing your game as a receiver? Well, as developing my game as a receiver is continue to create separation and keep separation. Also, getting a system that fits me, get comfortable with the system, know it like the back of my hand, and everything's about timing. So... I'm hoping this year everything times up perfectly. Well, you signed your first NFL contract with the Atlanta Falcons coming out of college at UGA. 
how did you use that opportunity in Atlanta to kind of, even though you didn't make the team, set yourself up and turn some heads and put together some good film for other teams to come and pick you up? To be, well, I was a trial in Atlanta. So after, so after they called after the draft, you know, they say, you know, we're going to bring you in for the, for rookie mini camp and you'll be a, and it's a tryout. So you just be there for the two days. And after that, you know, we'll see what happens, basically. And I went to rookie minicamp, did good, and they actually signed me after that. And then from there, I was just – I just kept telling myself, either I'm going to make this team or I'm going to make somebody else's team. So whatever I do, like it's not being unseen, like it's on film, Other, either they will keep me or another team will pick me up. Like that was just my mindset. Obviously, I want to stay in Atlanta because I went to Georgia and it just would have been better. But, I mean, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So you can't, when you make a plan, God laughs. So. Right. And the University of Georgia has put seven wide receivers into the NFL through the draft since 2015. And then guys like you who have paved away into the league after going undrafted. So how has Georgia been able to produce this kind of NFL talent year in and year out recently? The practices, I mean, literally the way that, literally the way we practice in college, like if you can make it through those practices, I feel like you can make it through any practice. So the work, the work ethics there, the mentality's there, everything's there once you go through Georgia. Like the way we practice is just, those practices are tough. Definitely, definitely grateful for it, but it definitely, it definitely pays off in the long run. Right. And what made those practices so tough? We were two spot. So if you don't know what two spot is, obviously, you know, you have the star on offense and then you have second team and third team. Well, we would basically split it up into four teams. So, it, well, yeah, it'd be, well, not four teams. It'll be two teams. So on two different fields, we'd have like the first defense going to get the first offense. And on another field, it'll be the second, the second um, and third offensive defense going against each other. So really, there's really not a rotation. Each field has like two or three receivers. Each field has like four DBs. So literally everybody's taking every single play. Wow. Yeah. No, like every single play. Like, and then the receiver coach we have, Coach Coach Brennan, he would literally make us sprint to the end zone. If you catch a hitch, and he even if you know you would have got tackled, like we had to sprint to the end zone or be a low. So imagine catching a five-yard hitch and then running like 60 yards and then have to jog back because you know you got to stay in the same play. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, every now and then you get like one playoff afterwards, but we didn't have enough receivers to keep going. And the reason why is because we two-spotted everything. Interesting. Well, I'm sure that helped you with your development at the University of Georgia. It's interesting to me. Looking at your stat line, it wasn't like you had a bunch of thousand-yard seasons, but you're still able to make it to the NFL. So that journey for you, what's it like kind of having to prove yourself in that pre-draft process? I mean, honestly, Georgia Georgia really set me up for it because, I mean, I had two different head coaches, three different offensive coordinators, three different position coaches. So I've always – you know, when it's when it's someone new, you're always trying to prove yourself and show them you could play. So literally, it was like every year I had to prove myself. I had four different quarterbacks while I was there. Literally a quarterback every year. 
So I was always proving myself. I always had to prove myself. And also, I mean, I, I mentally wise, I, I was, I wasn't a hundred percent focused like I am now. So that's another reason why the stats weren't there and stuff. But I mean, either way, I'm still grateful for everything that happened because it's prepared me for where I'm at now. Definitely. As a young player, when you were playing in college at the University of Georgia, how did you approach having to transition between the different coaches and different coordinators that you went through in your time? I mean, I've since a, since I first started playing football, they've always said, you know, everyone loves speed. So every every new coach that I had, I was just like, I'm gonna just show them on fast. So it's separating from the rest of the pack because I'm not the tallest, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, but I know I'm the fastest. So I always just had that mentality that okay, I just got to prove myself and show them speed because. With speed, you know, you can just – speed can bail you out of a lot of things. Speed's your main asset, but I know you can't just be a track star and go out and dominate on the football field. So what else about your game, what else do you have in your kind of bag of tricks or your skill set that's helped you become an NFL wide receiver? Um, just being coachable, uh, being being smart as far as the playbooks and schemes and stuff, playing special teams, being able to be a returner. And that's just helped me a long way because in my position, if you're not drafted, you know, you got to play special teams. So just being able to do that has kept me a long way. And speed has definitely kept me going. I, I obviously, God, but, you know, when you obviously you got to do your, you got to hold your end of the stick up too. So speed has definitely kept me in. Speaking of talent, you played alongside a lot of it at the University of Georgia. Who do you think was the most talented guy that you played alongside, that teammate that you look around and you're like, man, this guy is crazy? Michael Mitchell. And why do you say that? Michael Mitchell was like an all-in-one package, like pound for pound, like a great athlete. He could run, he could jump, he could cut, he could stop on a dime. He was strong, he was physical. He literally played offense, defense, and returner at Georgia, like, he literally did it all. Like there was, there wasn't really much he couldn't do. Definitely. Despite the injury that he had, like it was, there wasn't much he couldn't do. Literally. Okay. Musically, what's in your playlist right now? What are you listening to? Oh, that's that's a tough question. There's multiple people. Multiple people. I I I, I can't even narrow it down to just one person. Okay. Well, who are some of those people that you like? Okay, I I listen to Moneybag Yo, I listen to Tupac, I listen to Meek Mill, I listen to Iceberg, I listen to Lil Baby. Like I really listen to a lot of a lot of different artists. Like I'm not just just listening to one type of person if that makes sense. Because you know, different moods uh, resolve different music if that makes sense. Definitely. Well, Reggie, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Luke Winstall Show. Please be sure to follow on social media at Luke Winstall Show and share it with all your friends. That concludes this episode, but I'll see you back next week with another great guest.